You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Simon and Garfunkel and their album Book Ends. In the room, I have Rob, oh, hello. John, Hi. Adam, uh, and Ben. Hi. Book Ends is the fourth studio album by the American music duo Simon and Garfunkel and was released on April 3rd, 1968 on Columbia Records. The producer was Simon and Garfunkel and Roy Haley. The genre is folk rock. After success with their previous album, Parsley Sage, Rosemary, and Time, Paul Simon was having a bit of writer's block, and the Columbia studio heads were beginning to worry. Columbia Records chairman Clive Davis arranged for an up-and-coming record producer, John Simon, to kickstart the recording and provide some structure to the endless perfectionist tendencies of the duo. Bookends has two very distinct sides. Side one is a concept album that explores a life's journey from childhood to old age, marking the stages in life bookended by the instrumental theme. Side 2 largely consists of unused material for the graduate soundtrack. Simon's lyrics concern youth, disillusionment, relationships, old age, and mortality. The album sold substantially in the US and the UK, where it peaked at number one and was considered commercial breakthrough for the duo, placing them on the same level as artists such as The Beatles, Bob Dylan, and The Rolling Stones at the forefront of the cultural movement in the 1960s. Alright, what did you guys think of Bookends? Well, I will say this much. Unlike the song, Voices of Old People, this album can get up the mu- mucus. <laughs> <laughs> this album fucking rips. It's front to back. I like this fucking record a lot. Wonderful, wonderful. And it, it, it goes, Paul Simon is so good at writing songs, as Adam has stated and will state in just a second. Um, I'm stealing his thunder just because they oh, use the... Uh, the I, I don't know for a fact they also were at Monterey and were like, oh, who's this crazy dude selling synthesizers? Oh, yeah, we want one of those. But it totally it, it happened. It's featured on the first song. Uh, Robert Moog actually dialed in the fucking tones for their synthesizer, and it sounds radical. Like, really, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And it, it some, like, it's, a, it's a voice that doesn't makes sense in the context of the song. It's folk rock. But it fucking works. It does work. It works. It's carrying that bass line. God, and it's such a... Oh, the beefy fucking oscillator on that thing. And also, like, the little, little, um, uh, like, enveloped uh, noise patch for the... Mm -hmm. Like, in... Craftwork's gonna get into that pretty soon. Like, using that as just a, uh, a regular drum beat. I don't know. There's... 
uh, no song on this made me bummed out. It's got fucking Hazy Shade of Winter, which is like my favorite of their songs. Also my favorite Go-Go's cover from uh, a little uh, soundtrack called uh, Lesson Zero. Bangles? Mm-hmm. Ba- I think bangles. it was Bangles. Uh, was it Bangles? bangles. It might have been the yeah. Bangles. Is it the Bangles? Yeah. yeah. All right, fix it in post. Close though, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I fucking loved it. I'm out. Uh, I... I didn't love it. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, There were many, many parts of it that I liked. Uh, Basically, side one, I liked. Um, And then side two had some some heavy bangers, had Mrs. Robinson, had Hazy Shade of Winter. I even like At the Zoo. But uh, Punky's Dilemma. (laughs) I put a question mark next to that. You don't like a song about breakfast and also soldiers? Okay, so like, (laughs) I, I like... There, okay, so at the zoo uses some goofy shit to talk about how every animal has a really bizarre personality trait, like oh the giraffes are aloof and the hippopotamuses are racist or whatever. Like, and and that worked for me. But when you start talking about oh I wish I was a cornflake floating around in some milk and I'm having a great time, like fuck you, no, I don't like it. It's too fucking dumb. And apparently it took them. 50 hours to record that song. That's so, too long to spend on Punky Stolen. So they spent yeah. that much time getting that fucking stupid song right. It it angers me. I it, think that might be one of those things where you should maybe go home and sleep for six hours <laughs> and then come back. And spend and, 30 and, minutes. And spend 30 minutes on that song. Yeah, exactly. Right. It sounds like... Columbia, they had a deal with Columbia that they just said, well, yeah, don't don't worry about it. It's not going to be that long, and they're only a duo. So what, you know, how I much... I heard that, too. How like, much money well, could they actually spend? How much can you spend on a folk duo? Yeah. And then, and then they... they and buy them out. Out. <laughs> <laughs> And then they get the wrecking crew in there. Yeah. yeah. So they $150,000 later. <laughs> endlessly were, you know, being perfectionists and just going back and forth and making these songs and just getting like really in their heads of you know how that how each song each syllable of the song should you know be pronounced and everything every detail i i think they that was kind of what they got into on punky's dilemma it was like vocal delivery like note by note vocal delivery punky's dilemma it's weird yeah i don't like it i'm with john i don't like it i want to i want to kind of just you listen to the first two verses and they're about breakfast foods and and i like breakfast foods and i want to kind of i i do like I, I like them too but it seems like it's really frivolous and then verse three comes and it's about like if i was a soldier would you put my picture up on the piano and i'm like whoa this is about something else should I think more about the breakfast foods? <laughs> or am I thinking too much about the bre- Is it just Paul Simon being a storyteller, using whatever inspires him, and you shouldn't think that much about it? Is he being <laughs> whimsical? Is he being, well, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, first you're a cornflake, and, and now you're a fallen soldier? Uh, I'm trying to follow here. But I think he's done that, he's done that think... on a couple songs on this album. Isn't it? Is it in Faking It, or one of the other ones where he's like, talking about all these things, and he's like, oh... Well, maybe I'm supposed to be a tailor, and just out of nowhere, like, okay, you've just decided that now. I do know that, especially at this point in his career, Paul Simon thought that he wrote better lyrics when he was smoking hash. Mm-hmm. He he would like he would smoke hash, and then he would kind of just isolate himself and just like be a writer, you know. So that 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 could be the explanation right there. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I, when I listened to this record, I had not heard it since like high school, probably. And when I was listening to it, I thought, 
eh, dang, it's just okay. And hearing now that they were up against some budget and deadline and he had writer's block, man, it sounds that way to me. (laughs) It's like there's some, there's, it does, well, it's like you listen to the last week's record, uh, The Pretty Things, and it's so composed. It's so, love it or hate it, it's, it sounds finished. Um, This record to me, um, there are songs that are strong. Sometimes a song will only have like some strong phrases. Um, There's some choices in production that are being used to um, bulk up the song to try to make it a little more interesting at times. When I feel like they made these like bold, uh, lots of voices and um, just additions to sort of zazz things up. And it just feels a little desperate and unfinished to me. Like, it's it's hmm. not... I don't think it's very strong. I don't think it's... It's still fucking Paul Simon. I mean, I I think he's a genius. But, like, as an album, I, I'm, I, it just does not... Yeah, it doesn't hold up because it sounds like two albums. Like, two EPs. It sounds it, it kind of like even more than that. It sounds kind of just like some... It, it, it suffers from that. Here's a bunch of songs kind of thing that... Well, the first half is technically supposed to be a, a concept. Yeah, that's supposed to be... But it actually bookends. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I get it. But the second half is, oh, well, we had uh, some songs for The Graduate, but these weren't very good, so let's put them here. The first half of the record is over so quickly that it doesn't have time to have weight in the way that it should. Like, the song Old Friends, which I thought was a lovely song, like... It would have had more weight like four songs later or something where we've had time to reflect on the passage of time between, you know, between the characters in the song and just generally the concept of aging in the album. I just it feels like it feels like something that got started that was like on its way, but needed like 20 more songs to be written and then pare it down. It just especially with someone functioning at the level of genius that Paul Simon has. I, I have to hold him to a somewhat higher standard. It's the guy's a master and this just feels like bad like bad time in his career for a minute in the sense that it's like he just couldn't get everything out that you know sometimes he was able to get out yeah maybe that's why i like it like Mm. because parley parsley sage rosemary and and, and time thymy thymy um thyroid i found this way more interesting uh than than that record um, there's a lot more production. It, it could be more production. Could be the the fact that there's more variety as well. Like it's a yeah. It, I mean that's a it, it really folk is a, album. Yeah, the, yeah. The, this is a free for all. <laughs> come side two. I'm a citizens for boys in very But no, I mean, I the I, I I didn't I could not find any fault in the first side whatsoever. Like I thought that was just a nice little uh, narrative that they they pared down. And you're probably right, though. I like, just think it needed to it need to have more I, time to have more weight. I think that yeah, may, maybe if there were five or six more songs in that line and they bookended it at the end of it, 
Probably, but yeah. you know. Also, it's I'm, very side two is very heavy on catchy melodic songs too, which is very weird coming from side one where it's a soft, somber sort of mood, and it creates these emotional pieces. And then second side is like, <laughs> yep, yep, like you gotta um, you gotta snap it up. But yeah, I think for me, Simon and Garfunkel are when they're great, I love it, and when it when I don't like it, I just hate it you know like for me it's like a very divisive Some black each, and white each song there. almost i have to go well i don't I'm like sort of you the know same yeah I, like song number two i didn't like song number three america i was like this is the greatest this is amazing you didn't like save the life of my child no not really and then voices of old people i was like why why is that on there <laughs> why? Like, because he can't get up the mucus yeah <laughs> In, for a hundred dollars, voices of old people <laughs> like, was that is, but Art Garfunkel. When an old man died, when, the, when, the man, like, when an old man why is it in the middle of the album? Why is it not like the hidden track or something? Yeah. I just, I just feel like there's a lot of choices made out of just like ah, this is what we got. But, <laughs> like, but I was, constantly... I went to my boobies. <laughs> <laughs> they did, they did actually go to their boobies, not their particular boobies, but one good chunk of that is recorded at the aging home for like yeah. Hebrews. I think is, and I. And, and, you know, being of the tribe, I can say that, but I think that was what it was named at the time was the aging home for Hebrews. <laughs> All so right. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but it, the the album kind of just has me bouncing back and forth where I'm saying, oh, this. And then, yeah, Old Friends was, was pretty good. And then it goes to faking it. And I'm like, ah, I'm not so into it. I'm not so into Punky's Dilemma. Then it comes back with Mrs. Yeah, Robinson. Yeah, I feel and like I'm it's like, all over the place. I'm like, it can't hold... It doesn't hold me the same way that a lot of albums can just hold me. Where yes. I, it, it just feels like, yeah, he's he's a great songwriter, and I really enjoy them when I when they have a certain song. But I just it's very divisive Here's, it, per song. Yeah, this album actually won Record of the Year for uh, Mrs. Robinson, and it was the first time that a rock and roll band hmm. won a Grammy. So they're technically yep. called a rock and roll band. Wow. Goes to show you how, <laughs> how far... far yeah. Yeah. Well, not a Grammy, but a Grammy for oh, record of the Rock and roll year. is a spectrum. Yeah. I said mm. it. <laughs> I mean, they're a pretty clear folk band, but... Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah they've got, they've well, got electric it, guitar, drums, and Moog on this album. Right. Yeah. So what, wasn't it Jethro Toll that uh, won they the metal category for, for, uh, for metal? They, they, they yeah. beat oh, out fucking Metallica. Injustice for Hall. I, 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 I absolutely, I, I listened to this twice and I, I loved every, every minute of it. I, I was, uh, the lyrically Punky's Dilemma is the only thing that I had a problem with everything else though. I fucking loved, I, I'm very surprised to say that I really enjoy this time in the Carfunkel record. I've, I've yet to, to pull my copy off the shelf and examine it, but I read that if you look at a copy of the album in I forget the name of the photographer. Do you know the name of the photographer for the album cover? It was a, a, a notable dude. Apparently, you can see him in the reflection of Paul Simon's Iris. Oh, oh, yeah. It's a cool cover too. Just iconic black and white. It's it's a cool look. It's a classic looking album cover. I like it makes it a them lot. look a little arty, a little pretentious with their. Oh, they're the, the, they're, yeah, they're clearly they, not they, the, well, those they know two things you they just know said. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the American college crowd. Oh sure, that's yeah. buying it. Well, because yeah. I mean, well, Paul Simon's what twenty five years old at this time. Yeah, but I yeah. think that's what Mrs. Robinson transitioned them from their pure fans into the spectrum of radio. Yeah, uh, of just mainstream 
uh, you know, this gets played on the radio. Well, sounds of Silence, though. Yeah, but it's still... Hit. But Also featured prominently on the uh, the Graduate soundtrack. Mm-hmm. They dug deep. Yeah. Like, That's deep enough still... to get their other big song. <laughs> <laughs> I would still say that that is in the... The same way that Blown in the Wind was a f- the folk song. Okay. Whereas, like a Rolling Stone... Right. Just blew him in blew him up into the the mainstream right. that everybody just knew his name you know everybody knew simon and garfunkel after miss robinson came out you know how you judge like we're all in in involved in music and we love music and we always think oh yeah this person oh they're huge like so big you know and then i have to think think back and be like does my mom know about my mom right. doesn't listen to music at all <laughs> but she knows who you know and that's the real test she knows who Lady Gaga is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those type of people where it gets so ingrained in just the pop culture, into news, into whatever, then then it's kind of like, oh, now you ha- you are officially like th- that big. Yeah. When, when, you're, when my mom knows. That's that's how I know. <laughs> when... <laughs> Crucial tambourine. So, so if you want to know if you made it, just call me up. I'll call my mom. We'll call, yeah, call your mom. <laughs> The purchase bomb test. Have you heard of this? Have you, have you heard of... Have you heard bookends by Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> uh, I think she had a Simon and Garfunkel uh, albums. So they've made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm just going to go neutral, even though I think America, Mrs. Robinson, and Old Friends, and, you know, Hazy Shade are How many songs do they need songs. to get a positive? <laughs> I was starting to think that. <sighs> it's it's tough. Well, I, it's it's really... Well, subtract out the things that you think are terrible, and how many songs on there are... It's about are, half. Really? It's about half. You, you'd yeah. go, you'll, all right. Yeah. Sounds like a neutral from Birch. Yeah. Even though I think America... An amazing song. I think Mr. Robinson's amazing song. A troubled place. The turds are so stinky. Wait, what's the I go back and forth. The, 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 the fact that I have to even think about it though is is, is a a, why it's a neutral for me. Yeah. The if I have to pause, I think that is enough to make All it right. neutral. What do you think, Rob? Fair enough. I, I I would recommend this to anybody. I I think it's a beautiful record and it kind of uh highlights a lot of the shit that paul simon can do um may, it may not be as coherent as uh we've said so little about eric garfunkel by the way <laughs> everybody keeps saying what paul simon can do hey, well look at the songwriting credits. i know yeah. i know well, i just eric like, garfunkel is credited for voices of old people i know which is <laughs> like, end of end of credits which he didn't even write <laughs> It's like, wow, this guy over here is like changing the world, writing incredible songs. This guy records old people. It just feels... Art Gar- 
Garfunkel has a very clear voice <laughs> that sounds nice singing harmonies with it Paul really Simon's does. voice. It really does. And a uh, fun story, the, the, uh, the actual breakdown between both of these humans came not from, though art is a renowned real piece of, piece of work, uh, it was Paul who was actually jealous because he and Art both got cast in uh, Catch-22. Catch-22. And uh, Paul's part got cut. Mm. Mm. And he just couldn't deal with the fact that Art was that Art's like... a movie star. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a movie star. Right. The, the biggest of the air quotes that, that I have to offer. Um, it, it was said, though, that it would have happened either way. Sure. That, that just happened to be one of the... It, yeah, it was it was the the proverbial I mean, straw camel. Simon and spot. Garfunkel are great, but Did Paul Simon's of... best work is ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon Simon has a thing to do, but no, like it it shows a real good diversity of what he was able to do. And granted, like I like the fact that the first side is just a concept record. It would have been a lot cooler had he been able to flesh that out. To the point where it could have been an entire thing, because I bet that would have fucking sounded rad. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, you get one side, and then all of a sudden there's three mm-hmm. radical fucking songs on the other end that are all great. So, no, I'd, I'd recommend this to anybody. I'm uh, I'm going to go neutral plus. <laughs> it's The first side is actually really very good. Um, you know, start to finish, I, I like the... the it seems incongruous Moog on uh, Save the Life of My Child, but the, the the quality of that sound in the song is so interesting that it's 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 worth it to hear. Um, it's the the reason that it wouldn't be a full positive is that there are <laughs> just some stinky stinky turds on on side B, and also some bangers. It's it's so hard to, to like. What's the second second stinkiest? The turd? second stinkiest turd is faking it. Faking it's a good song. Faking it's a good song. <sighs> So. I okay. I'm so with them. I'm with them. so like you say, Paul Simon is gonna smoke some hash. He's gonna get real creative. I'm gonna sit in my room and I'm gonna write. I'm gonna think about what's on the inside of of Paul Saruman, and <laughs> and, and and you've got like three quarters of some good stuff, but then that one quarter is like, oh, but now I'm gonna talk about something real fucking stupid, and it's just like, why do you have to include that one quarter? You're Paul Simon, you know. You got three quarters of something good. Just cut that quarter off. Nope, I wrote it. It's going in the song. Better Paul Simon than Paul Stanley, bud. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll I'll see you in two years, sir. <laughs> For me, I was gonna. You know, it's funny because I was thinking neutral plus, and it's funny that John said the same thing. But like, basically, um, then I started to look at the track listing and say, okay, eleven tracks. One of them is the 30-second bookends theme. Another one is the 1 minute and 16-second bookends. And another one is Voices of Old People. So those are not really songs. Those are... I would argue that bookends and bookends theme count as at least one song. And they're quite nice. I would argue that uh, Voices of Old People is the only thing that I wrote down about mucus. So... Those are not like fully fleshed out songs. I feel like you gotta hit like two minutes to be a song. You know, those are those are thematic devices used on this album. Mm. They're musical like themes. You know, literally a theme with a with a return to it. So there's really kind of only eight songs on this album, and I agree that like a lot of them are 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 pretty strong. Um, I just 
it's just so short and that it feels like the like I, mean, I guess I'm glad they didn't add even more filler than a couple of the songs that they tacked on there's a part of me that's grateful for that but like what is this album like 26 28 minutes like it's really short and that's even with those three things it just doesn't feel like much of an album to me I think it feels like an EP and so I'm gonna go neutral on the basis that um I don't actually really think this is an album. <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel... You don't think Bookends is an album? <sighs> you know what I... Do, do you think that's totally crazy? A little bit, and, uh, well... It's I, just like... I it, only it, I only take Umbridge because I know eventually we're going to get to Circle Jerks, groups, Group Sex, and you're going to have to... I do like, love the Coke dares. You're gonna have to um, be like, well, this song's thirty seconds. Yeah, and... no, I, I no, I guess you're right. Like that's not a fair criteria. It's just that like by the standards that we've been looking at the records, um, this feels more like uh, the very early stuff when they're just like put a bunch of stuff together. It's an album, and it just doesn't really fit. Um, huh. It doesn't fit together as well. I, I, I mean, I like some of the songs. I like overall. It's just. I just don't think it's like, yeah. I don't think I'm going to celebrate it as an album. I yeah. think like I would go through and pick the songs I like, and uh, that's why I would put it on as a neutral, I think. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's they To me, Simon and Garfunkel have become sort of a singles band for me. It's not an album band for me. You know, it's not hmm. an album group for me. I, I identify Simon and Garfunkel. So, sorry, yeah. right, Paul Simon. Yeah, Simon yeah because Graceland is like right. one of the greatest records ever made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> like it's just Simon like, save it for the uh, 80s, I'm just buddy. saying, like, Are you like that's about a fucking as of album. 1968. Right, as of now, up until this point, they are there have strictly been. I've only identified with their with singles with we're talking single per, songs. Really personal here anyway yeah, yeah, this, this is, is the personal this is evaluation me. yeah and i haven't ident- i haven't gotten into putting like i would never just put on the entire record now that i you know it's I funny because i remember listening to this record as i could a teenager. see what you're saying up until bookends but right. i would have qualm with you saying that about bridge over troubled water yeah we're gonna get into that yeah. so I, I like that record. <laughs> uh okay uh i'd don't think that this album is necessarily a masterpiece. I think that it, it it could be improved upon. I think that it does have a few chinks in its armor. But uh, that being said, I really like this record, and I would recommend it to anyone. Uh, it, even just, you know, from, from songwriting alone, you know, warts and all. If you don't like Punky's Dilemma, that's fine. But... Uh, it's a young songwriter writing songs, and enough of them are really good that I think that this is crucial listening for anyone that considers themselves a music fan. All right, that'll do it for this one. Next time, we'll, we'll be talking about Small Faces, Ogden's Nut Gone Flake. All right, thanks, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a time of innocence. A time of confidences Long ago it must be I have a photograph Preserve your memories